You ready for the word? All right, turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. And we are through, uh, starting in verse 7, going down to verse 12. 2 Corinthians 4, 7 through 12. Let's read. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. We are hard-pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. Always caring about the body of the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our body. For we who live are always delivered to death for Jesus' sake, that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our mortal flesh. Let's pray over our spiritual meal. Father, I thank you so much for the word of God that is blessed. And we're going to open our heart and be nourished by it, encouraged by it today. Holy Spirit, we call upon you as the divine teacher to anoint the eyes, ears, and heart of your people. Open them by the gift of your grace and cause them to see, hear, and understand what's being said. Father, I thank you for breaking this down and speaking to each individual person that they walk away with exactly what they need. Only you can do this miracle. I believe it's happening right now in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, verse 7. It says, but we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellence of the power might be of God and not of us. Paul brings out this treasure. Say this treasure. It's a particular treasure, and so, well, what treasure is he speaking of? Well, he just talked about it in the previous verse that we covered last week, so let's go back to 2 Corinthians chapter 4, look at verse 6. We'll find out what is this treasure that you have in your earthen vessel. 2 Corinthians 4, 6 says, For it is the God who commanded light, say light, light. to shine out of darkness, has shown in our hearts to give the light, say light, light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Say glory of God. Glory of God. Light, glory. This is the treasure that's on the inside of you, inside your earthen vessel. And so we, are, we have an earthen vessel, that's a clay pot. That's our body. And so some clay pots are smaller than other clay pots. We're not going to judge that, right? But in each of us, if we're born again, there's treasure, this treasure. What treasure? The glory of God, the glory of God. And look at this word treasure. I love the Greek word. It's where we get the English word thesaurus. It's a transliteration of thesaurus. And so what is a thesaurus? It's a treasury of words, synonyms. And so God has filled you with a thesaurus of his glory, Amen. a treasury where it's laid up on the inside of you, but it needs out. Tell someone, let it out. You got to get it out of your clay pot. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels. And so what's on the inside needs to come to the outside. The goal of what's on the inside of you is not just for you. What's on the inside of you is also for those on the outside of you. And because if you just want, if you were just supposed to get born again and become righteous and go to heaven, you would have got a private rapture when you got saved. But no, you're still here. Tell someone you're still here. So you're here on assignment, and so you're to go out, and you're going to let what's on the inside out. And so I'm going to tell you something is because what's on the outside of this building is the mission field. Now I want you to see something, and, and remember as you walk through the outside door, I want you to look up at a sign. Out the, when you walk out the door, it says you're now entering the mission field. 
And so Paul's going to talk about tribulations and pressures and trials in this section. But why do we have trials, tribulations, and, and pressures in life? Well, religion gets it wrong, always does. Religion teaches you or, or, or teaches that the reason we have trials is because you're in a big classroom. And you're here, and so life is, is a classroom where you're taught things. And so the Lord will send you tests and trials to teach you things. Or he'll allow things to come to teach you things. <laughs> Sorry. That's why no one sits in the front row. Now, can you and should you learn from trials? Yeah. Tell someone, don't be stupid. We should learn, but we're not in trials because we're in a classroom. Why do we have trials? Because you're not in a classroom, you're on a battlefield. And when you go out, you're to take the light, take the treasure, take the glory, and shine it out so that you can bring those that are in the darkness, bring them to the light, bring those that are prisoners into liberty. And so we're called to go out, and you're going to get attacked because you're on a mission. Tell someone you're on a mission. But you got to let what's on the inside out. And unfortunately, a lot of times for most Christians, the earthen vessel gets in the way. Your clay pot gets in the way for people seeing it. And so that needs to be broken. I'm talking about your physical body because the clay pot speaks of our body, but also speaks of our flesh. It speaks of the natural part of us that we depend on instead of God. And so our natural dependency needs to be broken in order that our trust can be fully on God so His power can come forth into other people's lives. And so I want to see this in type in the book of Judges, chapter 7. So Gideon, God shows up to Gideon one day and says to Gideon, Thou mighty man of valor. And Gideon turned around and went, Oh, me. Well, I'm not anything in... You know, if the Lord's with us, then why is all these things happening to us? And where's the miracles that they had in the old, back in the old times with Moses and all? Why is, it, why is things happening? Why is it such a bad circumstances going through? And where's the miracles? And, and the angel says, why do you think I'm showing up to you? Because I need a man to work through. And you're a mighty man of valor. valor and so rise up in this thy might. And so there's might on the inside of you. There's valor on the inside of you. And God wants to work miracles through you. Amen. And that power is on the inside, but it's going to have to come to the outside. And so you're going to have to have something happen to that clay pot. And so Gideon gets a, gets a, a divine strategy for the enemy. Look in Judges chapter 7, look at verse 15. And so it was when Gideon heard the telling of a dream and its interpretation which was him uh, in picture form coming down and destroying the Midianites, that he worshipped. And he returned to the camp of Israel and said, Arise, for the Lord has delivered the camp of Midian into your hand. Oh, he has? Yes. Verse 16, Then he divided the 300 men into three companies. He put a trumpet in every man's hand with empty pitchers, clay pots, and torches inside the clay pot. But you couldn't see the light because of the clay pot. And they're going to send out, it's going to come at night. They're going to do it at night. 
So they're going to come out against the enemy. Verse 19, so Gideon and the hundred and the hundred men that were with him came to the outpost of the camp at the beginning of the middle of the watch, just as they had posted the watch, and they blew the trumpets. Woo-hoo! What are you laughing? That was a pretty good trumpet, wasn't it? Show far, show good. And they blew the trumpets and broke the pitchers, the clay pots that were in their hands. Then the three companies blew their trumpets and broke the pitchers that they held the torches in their left hands and the trumpets in their right hands for blowing and cried out the sword of the Lord in of Gideon. So it's pitch black, it's dark, and all of a sudden the enemy hears, Sounds like a dog, sorry. It's not coyotes. Trumpets all of a sudden blaring, and all of a sudden out of nowhere, lights start showing up everywhere. And the enemy gets into confusion. And that's the way it is. We have a trumpet in our hand, the gospel trumpet. We're to trumpet out redemption out of that trumpet. But then we, we need to break this outer outer. A clay pot so the light on the inside can show the outside. And so what's that clay pot? That's self-dependency. That's self-focus, self-trust. Your way instead of God's way. It's not Burger King Jesus where you have it your way. You have it Yahweh. Thank you. This vessel speaks of our flesh, which broken when we refuse to depend upon it in our trial. We put our trust in the Lord. We stop focusing on ourselves, and we start focusing on Jesus. Then the vessel is broken, and the light of God's glory shines out in victory. Earthen vessels. Why? Why did God leave us with our physical body? Not, it's not glorified. We're going to get a glorified body one day. Tell someone, this is not good as it gets. Good news. Good news. We're going to get a glorified body. Just like Jesus's. We can walk through walls. During the tribulation, when our rule and reign with Jesus, I want to walk through a wall and scare somebody. And say, fear not. Then I hear Rick say, stop it. Yes, sir. But we're left with this glory inside a clay pot that still has the flesh, has the weakness, the failures, the flaw, and our pots are cracked. But God left this treasure. Why would he do this? So that when we face things that we could never face in the natural, we could never overcome in the natural, that when the power is released out of us, it's clearly from God. Have you ever been in a situation where it was a no way out situation? A Red Sea moment. Where you got a sea in front of you, Mountains on either side, and you have the Egyptian army on your tail. And there's no way out. And you're right where the Lord wants you. The Lord didn't put you there. 
but you're in the best place for a miracle. Amen. Tell someone you're set up for a miracle. Because God's going to come through and deliver you, and when he does, the only thing that can be accredited to it is God. Have you ever heard someone say, God's my source? God's my source. God's my source. Let me tell you something. Until he's the only thing you have, you don't know for sure if he's your source. And there's times in our lives where we'll get into a spot to where the only way out is God. You may be someone in this room, you're in a Red Sea moment. And God's about to show out. But that's that. He's going to show out through you, through that glory on the inside. But you can't trust in your clay pot. You'll let that thing break. Well, how do I do that, Pastor? It's not as hard as you think. How do you break self-dependency and self-focus and self-trust? Focus on another. And we talked about this. Look at 2 Corinthians 3.18. Please pop that up. This is how, how, how we find the victory. 2 Corinthians 3.18. But we all, say all. all. Tell someone that includes you. But we all with unveiled face. How do you get unveiled? It says, whoever turns to the Lord, the veil's removed. Turn to the Lord. Beholding as in a mirror, the looking glass, the glory of who? The, Lord. the glory of the Lord. Are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. And how do you break self-focus? Focus on Jesus. You want that clay jar pot broken? Stop looking at you. Stop looking at your resources. Stop looking at your problem. Stop being a navel gazer and look at Jesus and put your trust in him. And then you're going to experience power. Because I can't explain it. When you behold Jesus as in, through the looking glass of God's word and you see him and gaze upon him just as he is, I can't explain it, but power flows from him through the Holy Spirit that's connected to your spirit. That's the umbilical cord of the Holy Spirit. You know, when you got born again, the cord wasn't cut. And Jesus resurrected Lord Jesus Christ. His life is connected vitally to your spirit through the umbilical cord of the Holy Spirit. And when you just look at him, the, the glory flows from him up through your spirit into your soul and it dominates your natural. It's that simple. It's too easy, Pastor. I want steps. All right. Step number one, look at Jesus. Step number two, keep looking at Jesus. Step number three, keep on looking at Jesus. Glory's released. Power's released. Well, I'm in a dark problem. I'm in a, I'm in a, I'm a deep problem, and I need something more complicated. Well, no. It don't get more complicated than looking at Jesus and trusting in Him. Look at 2 Corinthians 4.6. How do I tap into the glory? 2 Corinthians 4.6. We just talked about ended that last week. 2 Corinthians 4.6. 
For it is the God who commanded light to shine out of darkness, who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. In the face of Jesus. Face to face. You know Moses... He was transformed. We saw him being transformed in the Old Testament. But when and only when was Moses transformed? Well, let me tell you how he wasn't transformed, by trying to keep the law. He never was transformed by coming down the mountain and then trying to live the law. He never was transformed. The only time Moses was transformed is when he went up into the mountain and spent face-to-face time with the Lord. Matter of fact, he was there 40 days and 40 nights. He fasted, well, big deal, I've done that. Oh, really? But have, did you go 40 days without drinking water? He went 40 days without drinking water. And he was so changed by the presence being in the face-to-face encounter with Jesus that he walked down the mountain and his face was shining. He never was impacted by keeping the law. It was face-to-face beholding Jesus. If that worked for Moses, tell someone it'll work for you, sweetheart. That the excellence, look at that word excellence, it's the Greek word where we get hyperbole. What's a hyperbole? That's an outlandish statement, it's just over-the-top language. Well, here it's saying that the hyperbole of the power may be of God and not of us. Say, of God, God. not of us. Of Of God, God. not of us. Of Of God, God. not of me. me. Not of my clay pot. Your clay pot needs to break. That the excellence of the power may be clearly from God and not of us. What's impossible with man is possible with God. You may be in an impossible situation right now, but it's possible with God. Verse 8. Paul experienced these moments. In verse 8 he says, We are hard-pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We're perplexed but not in despair. Look at that word hard-pressed. It means to apply pressure to. Raise your hand if you've ever had pressure. Raise your hand if you have pressure. Raise your hand if that pressure's next to you. No, no, no. I don't want to create any marriage problems in the church. Usually pressure comes from people. We are hard-pressed on every side. You ever had that day when everything all at once? I mean, there's no demons in Africa because they're all on your front porch. And today's the day for it all to break loose. And you have pressure from every side. It's like a trash compactor. Have you ever had one of those that just, from pressure from all sides, just brings it down? And the devil puts you in, in his trash compactor, and one of, he wants to make you think you're the trash. That God didn't care for you. You're just kind of thrown off. No, no, no. You're, you're his diamond. And you're going to come out shining and come through. Because you can be pressed on every side, but yet you'll never be crushed. Look at Romans chapter 8, look at verse 36. Romans 8, look at verse 36. 
as it is written, for your sake, Lord, we're being killed all the day long. We're regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. <laughs> oh, I'm a lamb chop for Jesus. I'm a little fluffy. I'm about to get slaughtered here, Jesus. That's what the enemy wants you to believe. You're about to be slaughtered in your situation. God doesn't care. And you're being slaughtered for the Lord. Look at the next verse. 37 in the ESV. As is written, for your sake we are killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. No! No, no, no! No. I just woke somebody up that's going to be watching. Listen, coffee's going to fly in the morning. No. Don't go with your feelings. No. In all these things, you're more than a conqueror. You're not a victim. You're a victor. Yet not crushed. Love this Greek word. This Greek word means to compress to the point that you can't speak. He says, no, God will never allow the pressure to get so strong that you can't speak God's word. You can't speak his promises. He'll never allow it. You know, uh, me and my wife drive down from the mountain. We work up in Woodland Park and we come down and, and one uh, day we're driving down and, and so Woodland Park's like 8,600 feet high. I mean, that's like... Uh, if you were on a cliff looking down to sea level, that's two and a half times higher than the highest building on earth. Highest building on earth is about 2,600 uh, 2, feet. And so, there's, there, so when you come down, there's a difference with air pressure. And so as we come down in your ears, it's stuck. And then my wife's trying to talk to me and I'm going, what? <laughs> Don't you listen to me? Yeah, but I can't hear you. That happens sometimes for other reasons, but anyway, I'm learning. I'm being renewed into her image. Okay. But we were down, coming down the mountain, and we got to the base of the mountain. All of a sudden, we heard a loud, like, whoa, what happened? We thought something happened to the car, so I hit, hit the car. So we got home, we looked around, and it was like, no, we don't see anything. And then the next day, we're coming down and around the same. We're like, what is going on? Three times that's happened. And finally, I realized what it was, was an empty water bottle. And the air pressure was crushing it. Do you know a lot of Christians are like this with their soul? Is that in their soul, they have allowed themselves to become empty. They haven't been fellowshipping in the presence of his presence in the spirit, praying in the spirit, uh, meditating the word, filling themselves up. And the, it just seems like the, small, the smallest pressures of life seem to be crushing. But you know what? 
you can be filled with the power of God on the inside. For what's in your spirit can come into your soul and look to Jesus in his presence and it fills you up on the inside. When it's time, when winter's like this, it really, I like to look at pictures of palm trees. It gives me hope. It gives me images of the beach. My wife loves the beach. And, and I like it when she's happy. And so palm trees. You know palm trees, they're different than any other tree out there? Palm trees are different. Uh, all, other, all trees get their nutrients through its bark. It'll come up through its bark. You can actually kill a tree by wringing any tree. Go out here and just cut a, cut a slice, a ring through the bark of a tree, and the nutrients can't come up. It'll stop. and It'll kill a tree. But you can't kill a palm tree that way. Why? Because the palm tree doesn't get its sustenance through its bark. It gets it through its core. It says in Psalms that the, pro, the, the righteous shall flourish like a palm tree. You see, the world gets its sustenance through its circumstances, through its flesh, and, and everything being right. But a Christian gets, it gets power and, and lives from the inside, inside their core. The presence of Jesus in their spirit. And so I, I like to say this, that a Christian can take a ringing and keep on singing. Circumstances of life are up and down, up and down, up and down, up and down. And if you are living by your flesh, you'll be up and down, up and down, up and down like the storms of life. Matter of fact, I'll show you how circumstances are. In Philippians 4.11, when I, when I read an up verse, an up situation, I want every one of you guys to say up. up. So you're good. When I say a down situation, I want you guys to say, down. okay, you're downers, you're uppers. Okay, here we go. All right, let's, let's, let's do it. Philippians 4.11. Not that I speak in regard of to need, for I have learned in whatever state I am to be content. Now, you may have trouble with the weather here in Colorado, but Paul just told you whatever state you're in... <laughs> You can be content. Remember the inside, not the outside. Okay, here we go. Philippians 4.12. I know how to be abased. I know how to abound. Everywhere in all things I have learned both to be full, to be hungry, to abound, to suffer need. Up, up, down, down, up, up, down, up. Those are circumstances. But if you'll draw from the inside, you can be like Paul in verse 13. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me from the inside. In the ancient world, ships would often shipwreck in the ocean because of storms. There are really two types of ships that sailed the ocean seas and the seas of the, the oceans and seas. There were, there were new ships and then there were sunken ships because it was just a matter of time before one would sink it until a modern invention came that stopped all that called the gyroscope. 
And a gyroscope was a large metal wheel that was put into the belly of a ship. And it would spin fast, 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 fast. Matter of fact, I had a science teacher one time that had a suitcase, and, and he rigged it to where he had a wheel inside the suitcase. He would set in, he would get it spinning with the electrical motor, and it would just spin like fast. He closed the suitcase, and then he told someone, come over here and try to, try to push that over. And they would push, and it wouldn't move, and he tried to kick it, and they tried to pick it up, and try to, but it would stay. Why? Because of the gyroscope on the inside. Do you know you have, a, as a Christian, you have a spiritual gyroscope in the belly of your ship? The presence of God on the inside. And the more you, you, you meditate the word and you're in prayer and you're in the presence of God, it spins faster and faster and faster and faster. And I don't care the storms of life can hit you, but you won't go to the right, you won't go to the left, you won't go up in times of prosperity, you won't go low in times of depression, but you'll stay steady because you have something in your belly. Tell someone you got something in your belly. You got treasure on this earthen vessel. But you got to tap into it. Paul says we're perplexed. Have you ever been in a situation where you didn't know what to do? You may be in a situation where you just don't know what to do. You don't know where the problem came from. You don't know how to get out of it. You don't even know what to do about it. Because our peanut brain is limited. But our peanut's getting roasted. <laughs> Praise God. What do you do when you don't know what to do? That's important because we're all going to be in a face, we're all going to face areas and times we don't know what to do. But what are you going to do when you don't know what to do? I don't know. No, I'm sorry. No. I'll help you with that. Second uh, Chronicles 20. That happened one day to a king named Jehoshaphat. Jumping Jehoshaphat. One day, armies came against him. Moab, Ammon, and Ammonites, armies came out against him. When's the last time you actually had three armies after you? <laughs> All right. It's a bad day. It's, it's the day where he's pressed by all sides. In 2 Chronicles 20, verse 12, what do you do when you're afraid? Well... It's important what you do when you're afraid. You turn to the Lord. In 2 Chronicles 20, look at verse 12. He, he, he took the Lord in prayer. Oh, our God, will you not judge them? For we have no power against this great multitude coming against us. You know why we have fear is because in the natural things come against us that we can't handle. It's natural to have fear when things come against us that in the natural we can't handle. But what do you do with that fear? That's the important part. When you have that fear. And, you, and, you, and, and, and so, so he says, we don't even have any power against this great multitude that's coming against us. Nor do we know what to do about it. You may be in this situation right now. I don't have the power to deal with this in the natural. And I don't even know what to do about this. What do you do when you don't know what to do? But our eyes are upon you. Get your eyes on Jesus. Amen. Off your circumstances, off you, off your clay pot. Get it on Jesus. And in his light, you see light. 
In his presence is wisdom, divine strategy. And God releases divine strategy to him. And this was the divine strategy. You're not going to fight. You're not going to send the warriors out. You're going to send the choir. The praisers. Jeremy. And the worship team. You'll send them out. Now, the army loved that. The people loved that. The only people that didn't love that was the choir. Well, surely I need something more complex, Pastor. Because I have teeth, I have problems with teeth, hair. I mean, I need something. No, no. It doesn't get more complex than looking to Jesus. And when they did that, verse 22, now when they began to sing and to praise, the Lord set ambushes. I don't know what it is, but I like it. Sent ambushes against the people of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, and they were defeated. Paul says, we're perplexed, but we're not in despair. Look at this word despair in the Greek. It means to be utterly at a loss, to renounce all hope. To renounce all hope. You are never without hope because hope lives in you. Hope is not, see, for, for a lot of Christians, hope is an outcome. Ho hope is not an outcome. Hope is a person. Jesus is our living hope. He is hope. He is the way, the truth, the way. There is no way. Well, he is the way. You have hope. You're never without hope. Because your hope's on the inside. Verse 9, persecuted, but not forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed. Paul was being persecuted wherever he went. Isn't it interesting that Paul used to be the persecutor, and now he's the persecuted? But Paul's persecuted, but not forsaken. Look at, look at that word forsaken. It means to leave, to forsake, to desert. You may feel like God left you alone in your situation, but he's as close as your breath. He's even in your heart and in your mouth. He's right here. He's never, he's never left you. He will never desert you. Hebrews 13.5 in the Amplified says, Let your character, your moral essence, your inner nature be free from the love of money. See, there's a lot of people in here, your financial, your storm is financial. But your answer isn't financial, your answer is the Lord. Be content with what you have. Why? Because Jesus is going to manifest himself from the inside. When the money comes in, then I'll do a charismatic jig. No, you, you, you just get in the presence of Jesus and all of a sudden you're filled with joy. And your situation hasn't changed, but you have. But I promise your situation is going to change. The Lord says, for the Lord said, I will never, say never. I will never under any circumstances desert you, nor give you up, 
nor leave you without support. You know what this support is? It's child support. Raise your hand if you're a child of God. Then God is faithful to do child support. It says if you don't, if you don't support your children, then you're worse than an infidel and has denied the faith. God is not an infidel. He believes in child support. He's not going to leave you without support, nor will in any degree leave you helpless. Nor will, he for, will I forsake you or let you down, relax my hold on you. Assuredly not. So he says, it says we're persecuted, but we're not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. I think some Christians think the Christian life is one which you have only pleasant things you experience. You just got saved. But we realize that because we're on a battlefield, the enemy is going to attack us. And it's not always pleasant things that happen to us. They're not from God, but they're from the enemy. There's going to be times that you're going to be hit by the enemy that where your feet were a second ago, your head's there. Or... All of a sudden, you're standing there, and the next minute, you're seeing blue. <laughs> have you ever been there? You have a report. Something happens. An attack hits, and all of a sudden, it's like, I, this came out of nowhere, and all of a sudden, my head is where my feet were. I'm staring at blue. That happened to me one time when my dad took me uh, hunting. He wanted me to be a man, and he says, well, you're, I'm going to take you out hunting, boy. So he took me out, and... My first gun he gave me, I was 12, he gave me a 12-gauge. So those guys that know what he just gave me, it was a very powerful gun. And he says, I want you to shoot that milk jug carton over there. And he didn't really walk me through it. <laughs> and I didn't have the gun totally up to my shoulder when I, when I pulled the trigger. The next thing I knew after I pulled the trigger is I saw blue. I was flat on my back. He didn't win Dad of, Dad of the Year award that day. Have you fallen down? Welcome to the club. Get up. Proverbs 24, 16. Proverbs 24, 16. For a righteous man, raise your hand if that's you. For a righteous person may fall seven times, but they rise again. Rise up. Tell someone, rise up. Get up, get up, get up. But the wicked shall fall by calamity. Psalms 37, 24. Psalms 37, 24. Though a righteous person fall, he will not be utterly cast down. For the Lord upholds him with his hand. The Lord's got you. Struck down, but not destroyed. I love one translation that says, knocked down, but not knocked out. <laughs> Keep answering the bell, and the enemy will be on the mat at the end. When I was growing up, I'm going to age myself on this, but date myself. Uh, I had an infl inflatable toy. That would inflate, and you punch it, and it would go down and pop right back up. And you punch it, hit the ground, pop right back up. It was called Bozo Bop. 
that the devil thinks you're bozo. <laughs> Tell someone you're coming up, bozo. <laughs> Don't be a bozo and stay down. A Christian is never destroyed. Destruction is when an unbeliever, it's an eternal state that an unbeliever finds himself in. If you're born again, you'll never be destroyed. Verse 10. Always carrying about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life of Jesus may be manifested in our body. Paul says, I carry about in my body the dying of the Lord Jesus. What's that mean? He bore the sufferings and the marks that Jesus went through. And what suffering did Jesus go through? Persecution. He never suffered poverty, never suffered sickness. He suffered persecution. You're not redeemed from persecution. You're on assignment. And you will be persecuted. And the enemy is going to come after whatever you think in the natural sustains your life. As a Christian, a carnal Christian, they live by outward resources. Their money is their, their comfort zone. Their position, their job, every, this, all these natural things, they think that's their life, that's what their security is, and the enemy will start attacking those one by one by one until you have nothing left but what's on the inside. And that will be manifested. This is dying to all natural sources that sustain life and provide for natural life. So all that's left to live off of is God and his life within you. Philippians 3.10, we're almost done. Philippians 3.10. That I may know him, raise your hand if you want to know him. That I may know him in the power of his resurrection and may share in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death that by any means possible I may attain to the resurrection from the dead. You ever look at something and say it's backwards? Shouldn't it say that I want to share in your sufferings and become like him in his death so I can know him in the power of his resurrection? But no, he puts the power of his resurrection up front. Why? Because you have that resurrection, you have that power, you have that treasure, you have that glory on the inside, and you need to tap into it to deal with the sufferings of life you're going to face on assignment and the persecutions you're going to receive. Amen. That I may attain to the resurrection from the dead. Well, what do you mean? Aren't I going to be raised one day? This is not what Paul's talking about. This word... Uh, attain to the resurrection. Look at this word resurrection. It's not, the, it's not the regular word for resurrection, which is anastasis. It's ek anastasis. Ek means out. It's the out resurrection. Then I may attain something uniquely called the out resurrection. What does that mean? An out resurrection. Because right now, I'm in this body and one day I'm going to get a resurrection body, but I can experience what's called the out resurrection. What's that mean? That I'm so tapped in and my trust to Jesus that what's on the inside comes to the outside and I fully manifest Jesus on the outside. Amen. Tell someone, let Jesus out. He's banging on your rib cage. I thought that was hunger. 
Verse 11, last verse. For we who live are always delivered to death for Jesus' sake, that the life of Jesus may be manifested in our mortal flesh. As we seek the Lord, we're always going to be delivered over into situations where it will cause us to die to the flesh. Die to our own self-trust, our own self-will, our own understanding, and we're going to have to allow that just to die so that Jesus can manifest what's on the inside-outside. So then death is working in us, but life in you. Why was death working in Paul? Because he got out of his comfort zone and he was ministering to other people. And when you do that, your flesh is going to hit the fire. It's called being a living sacrifice. And when you start going out and you start ministering to other people, the devil's going to attack you. He's going to hit you. You, you could have stayed home on your couch as a saved Christian. I'm going to heaven. Hallelujah. I'm righteous, blessed, and holy. But guess what? Life's about you getting out of your comfort zone, saying no, putting that flesh down, and going and serving, ministering to other people. And when you do, your flesh hits the fire. Sizzle, 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 like a steak. Will you be a living sacrifice today? And get out of your comfort zone. And be a light. And let what's on the inside out. Bow your heads. Father, I thank you so much for what we've saw today. You say, Pastor Rick, I'm in a Red Sea moment. I, I don't have the power and the natural to deal with what I'm, about, what I'm dealing with right now. I don't even know what, I'm, what to do about this. But today, I'm going to put my eyes on Jesus. And I'm going to experience the glory of God. And really, it's going to be from the inside. It's going to come to the outside. My clay pot's broken. I'm, going to, I'm not going to rest in my own will, my own thing. I'm not going to try to figure it out. I'm not going to lean to my own understanding. I'm not going to try to fix it myself. I'm going to get my eyes on Jesus. I'm going to put my trust fully in Him. And that clay pot's about to break. And that light's going to come out. And I'm going to be brought out in victory. If that's you, I want you to raise your hand. If that's you, stand to your feet. Father, I thank you. You see these in a Red Sea moment. And Lord, I thank you they're in a perfect place for a miracle. That their clay pot is being broken right now. They're not going to trust in their ability any longer, trust in their understanding, trying to figure it all out. They're going to look to you, and you're going to give them wisdom, divine strategy. You're going to lead them and guide them. You're going to show them what to do. But, Lord, your power, your light's being released right now, and you're bringing them out with a high hand in victory. And the excellency of the power will be proven to be from you and not them to your glory. Now lift your hands up and say, thank you, Jesus. Praise God right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I thank you, Jesus, for the victory right now, right now, right now. Thank you for the victory through the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. We are taught from youth to be so independent and to be so self-sufficient, especially in the United States. And what, what I really heard so strong today, if we would come to that place of surrender to the Lord, to just God, I will, I choose to trust you. It makes all the difference. So this morning, 
That word surrender was what our prayer team heard in the pastoral care time when we were praying for the congregation. The Lord had said he just surrender. And so we started pressing in and praying for all of you because we felt like some of you have been in battles all week where it was an internal battle that you were fighting within yourself against your own will and surrendering that will to the will of the Father. And he does. He just was saying that, you know, his mercy endures forever and his love is an enduring love. And so when we're willing to come forth and bow our knee before the throne and surrender our will to the will of the Father, we receive his mercy, we receive his grace, we receive more of who he is, his love. And that's all he wants to do. And so we saw the word surrender running across the altar. So if there's anyone in here today and you had that battle and you're really struggling just let it go. Let it surrender to the loving arms of the Father. Come up here, bow your knee down, and just receive his love for you, his mercy for you, and release whatever it is you need to release, and trust in the Father's heart of love for you. Awesome. Um, so a couple years ago, the Lord gave me this vision of a palm tree in a hurricane, and how it'd be bent this way, and then it'd come back up, and it'd be bent this way, and he's like, that's what I've created you for, and I'm like, what does that mean? Like, I don't get it, Lord, <laughs> and so I went back to my phone, and I'm looking it up, like, what makes a palm tree different, and so regular trees, they're made out of wood, and so they can't be bent because the wood will snap, but palm trees, they're created from, like, a fibrous material, many, many fibers, so they're created whew, to be able to bend, and come back up and not break. And I just felt like the Lord was reminding us, whatever the storm is, we are created to be unbreakable. We are not going to be broken because who he's created us and how he's created us and with him inside of us. So if you are going through a storm and you feel like the weight of it is crushing you to the point you're going to break, hold fast because <laughs> you're created to be unbreakable. <laughs> <laughs> 